Welcome to This Week from the Principal's Desk, a podcast about Lutheran schools and their leadership. My name is Rob Lunak, and I'm the superintendent of Lutheran Neighborhood Schools in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my co-host, I'm actually not going to say his name this time, we talked about this, but my co-host is... Hi, I'm Mike Scheman, and I'm principal at Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio. Yeah, Rob and I were talking, and I joked. I said, you say my name, and then I say my name. But, I mean, I guess people know who I am now. (laughs) So this is the first edited uh, from the principal's desk. Thank you for joining us. Um, (laughs) But actually, for this week, uh, I kind of wanted to kick it off with a bit of a story, because um, we're going to be talking about a topic that um, is both a tedious topic, maybe it can be tedious, or it can be something that really helps and supports you as an administrator. But when I was teaching, uh, before I became an administrator, my uh, principal came into my classroom and she said, here's the deal. She said, we have a group of principals that get together. Now I'm from Canada and it was the entire province of Alberta, the Alberta Independent Schools um, Association. And she said, they're gonna be doing this thing in their conference on teacher evaluations And what they want to do is they want to bring in a full camera crew to record a teacher teaching for a whole day. And I'm wondering, would you be willing to be that person? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And that was the most stressful experience that I ever had. And I can get into that later. But as I was prepping for that day of teaching, I thought I'm going to be evaluated by possibly hundreds of principals. No pressure, right? So I thought, well, let's go ahead. And I was building my lessons. I was doing, you know, I was going to make it look good. I didn't want to come off looking (laughs) rotten. But then I went to my administrator and I said, well, here's the deal. If these principals are going to be evaluating me um, on my teaching, shouldn't they see my lesson plans? And shouldn't they have an idea of where I'm trying to go so that they can determine whether or not I hit those goals? And she went, yeah, do that. And I thought, I got to stop talking (laughs) because I just gave myself more work. Um, But I decided, you know what? I wanted to help out any way I could. So I went ahead and I created um, wonderful, wonderful lesson plans. I mean, my lessons were meticulously detailed minute by minute. And then I submitted those and sure enough, the conference happened and I got evaluated. Now, she never shared the results of those evaluations with me. So I I have questions to this very day, but I'm just going to assume that they were good. The point I was using that story to make, though, has to do with um, being planned and being prepared as a teacher for the things that you are about to do. Because as administrators, we know that we want our teachers to be able to hit the standards that we say we're going to teach. Well, we can see them in the classroom, but the classroom is really a result of a significant amount of time and planning. So Robin, I want to talk a little bit today about how lesson plans can be a useful tool for administrators as much as they can be a useful tool for teachers. Um, Now, everybody's going to handle these differently. Um, Rob, for you, um, what kinds of things did you do as an administrator when it came to lesson plans, monitoring those with teachers, uh, all the things that have to do with planning? Yeah, I think a lot of that depends on your experience with it and your teacher's experience, honestly. Not everyone is going to plan the exact same way they did when they were in college. And remember, the way you're planning in college is to show all of your thinking because no one can trust that you have it yet. You have to prove absolutely everything out. And if a teacher's been teaching for 25 years, I don't think they have to prove absolutely everything out anymore. I think they can narrow that down. That format can definitely condense a little bit because they can write a word and they know what that's going to mean. 
And you know what that's going to mean because you've seen them do it. And so I would always say, hey, I'm not going to require your lesson plan. Some principals do, some principals don't. I don't know if there's a right way or a wrong way. I think if you don't require them, like I didn't, I had a caveat. I said, if I want them, I should be able to find them and you shouldn't have to go, oh, I need to go make them. So you still need to make them. And I at any moment could say, hey, can I see your lesson plan for today? And you should have something already done. You shouldn't go, you know what? I didn't get back to it. Let me email you later today. Uh Uh-uh, not good enough. And so I would go in a room and usually they're in a binder or if a teacher has them online, hey, can I look at the link real quick? And I'd go and look. And does it match what you're seeing in the classroom? That's the important bit. Planning's great. Planning without using that planning doesn't really mean anything. It's empty words at that point. So for format and for detail, that depended on teacher. And that is something that you're going to have to learn and grow with with your faculty. If you have a teacher that every time you're in their room, it's not a great experience, you're going to want to see those lesson plans more often. You're going to want to go, hey, where where is it? Is it planning or is it execution? Because maybe the planning's great, but they can't actually make it look like they want it to look in the classroom. Or maybe their classroom execution is fantastic, but you ask for their plan and they write chapter two. And you're like, okay, hang on. (laughs) I need a little more detail than chapter two. Because as an administrator, that lesson plan serves another purpose for you as well. If somebody's out sick, what do you give a sub? And if a sub just gets a post-it note on it that says chapter two, that person's not going to want to sub for you very long because you've just made their day a heck of a lot harder. Mike, what about you? What, what are you doing right now? Yeah, I'm very similar to you, Rob. I, I do not require teachers to submit lesson plans. Um, now, I think for me, though, the level of experience of a teacher might dictate the, the level to which I'm looking at them. So somebody fresh out of university, um, I'm going to want to be able to see, you know, what is it that they're doing in the classroom? Um, it's their first year. Now, it, that's really actually not, though, a big brother approach. It's more of a, I want to support you and make sure that you're going to be the best teacher that you can be. Um, my experience there has been some, I had one teacher that came out and she was still writing university level lesson plans for every lesson she taught. And she was heading toward burnout. So I actually had to tell her um, some other ways that she could write them without needing to be as detailed, but knowing the path that she's going. I've had the other experience, too, where you walk in and the teacher like has a little grid on their desk and the math lesson says page 51. Well, okay, yeah, I get it. You're doing page 51. But what are you trying to accomplish? I still like to use lesson plans in the evaluative sense to be able to see where where is the direct instruction or the guided practice or the independent work that the kids need to do, um, because I think all of those things are valuable for teaching. Um, I've been in schools that have used tools like curriculum track. Um, in, in one school, the word curriculum track, the teachers cheer and, and yell, hooting and hollering because they love it. And in another school, if I say curriculum track, they're going to throw their old chalkboard erasers at me. Um, it's it's really dependent on on how you use that. But I think it's important as an administrator that you have a goal for what you're doing with lesson plans, but then you stick to that goal as well. If you require them, it's important that you require them from everybody, because if somebody doesn't submit them, eh, that'll that'll come up and that'll be a, a bone of contention of, well, they're not doing them and I am. What is your standard? So as long as you communicate your standard, I think you're in good shape. I do, when I walk through classrooms, and I do this frequently, um, I do walk by the teacher's desk, and I just kind of take a quick glance, 
But the other way you can determine if a teacher has effectively planned is, is observe the lesson and, and not just during the formal evaluative process where you're going to do two and it's going to be reported when you're coming in. Just as you're going in there, spend 20 minutes in a teacher's class, you'll be able to see pretty quick, I think, if they've planned effectively and if they allow the happenings of the classroom to guide and maybe maybe change the course of their plans. I think there's a difference than an administrator can spot between a teacher who's not planned and a teacher who is adapting their plans for what's going on in the classroom. Yeah, so you what you don't want is a teacher who wrote their lesson plans once when they started teaching and never touched them again. And not even to the sense where they never look at them again. They pull them off the shelf, blow the dust off the top of them and go, well, it's March 5th, so we're doing our March 5th lesson plan. <laughs> you want to watch out for that. Because things change year over year. Maybe you have a new textbook series. Maybe the kids you have in your classroom need more remediation on something or can skip something entirely. So if you are one of those teachers that plans out your whole year in curriculum track or plan book or any of those digital resources, maybe you have a fancy Excel file that you use, that's great. And that's a great time saver if you go back to that and tweak it for your current position that you're in. And that's the really important part. Your lesson plans are a living document. They are not just a historical record. We use them for that. That is helpful. It's nice to know, okay, we did these things over the course of this year, and these are the things that went well, or these are the things that didn't go well. But they are also supposed to be living, breathing documents. Because the classroom is unpredictable. We know that. How many of us made great lesson plans, and then something came up and we look at them and we didn't do anything we planned that day. That happens. The, the reality of teaching is that sometimes it is just that way. Now let's talk about, let's zoom out a little bit. Unit plans, yearly plans, I think those are really important as well. Now obviously, because that's so broad, those don't have to be as incredibly detailed. You can say, for this year, I want to cover from this topic to this topic, and for this unit, I want to cover this theme, and then your lesson plans flesh that out and fill that out. That is a nice thing, even just for, for you as a principal for your enrollment and marketing efforts. If you have unit plans for every teacher, you can put those on your website, and you can say, hey, we're doing this thing in this grade, this thing in this grade, these are our unit plans, and parents can look at that and then get a pretty good sense of what their kid's going to be learning when they enroll in your school. More than just sharing a daily lesson plan, which you'd probably never share with a prospective parent, but you could say, okay, in fifth grade, I can show you they cover this topic all the way through this topic in math, and then I can show you where that aligns in sixth grade. So here's the progression your kid will be on. That's really helpful for you as an administrator. Right. And, and even to take that a little further, I think it's a helpful conversation you can have with your staff as a whole, because we know that some topics even are covered multiple times. And so having the conversation with the entire staff, they can say, hey, I teach about space in third grade. And hey, I teach about space in sixth grade. Let's collaborate those things and make sure that the kids have different experiences. So all of the planning, we know how valuable it is. We know that it scaffolds on itself. So I think it's important to have those, those discussions. The other I think the other effective thing when it comes to planning is it, I, I like to see it being used as a guide to ensure that we're meeting the standards that are there for us. Because I know our schools always put out um, standards documents for, is it, it's not just for NLSA. These are for us to teach our kids 
to make sure that um, they're hitting everything that they need to hit uh, going through schooling. So um, in the in the lesson plans, I think it's helpful to yeah, you can you can document the resources that you're using, but I think it's even more important for the teachers to have the standards that they're trying to hit listed there. And so I encourage the staff that even if you are going to say math page 51, you should still pop in the standard there because maybe you can draw other resources that are going to help you with that standard. Some teachers go so far in, in my building here as to actually write the standard on the board for what they're working on with the kids at that time. And I think that's fantastic. I think it communicates to the kids that we know uh, we have a path we're leading on. It communicates that to the parents. My marketing director loves it because when they're walking through the school, the parents get to see that as well. So we know we're providing the best for our kids. So there's lots of different things that we can look at uh, in the zoomed out level. But zooming it back in for a minute, uh, one good question for teachers after the fact is, how successful were you in implementing your plan? And I need to get better at asking that. Um, Rob, have you done that with your staff in schools where you've served? Have you been able to ask, have those meaningful conversations with them? I have. Now, those have generally focused around formal observation time. That's where it started. And then I realized that that was more helpful than the pre-planning was the, the post-op really. Hey, how did it all go? And so I would stop in occasionally and be like, hey, I saw that lesson. How do you think that went? Right? And just having that conversation, I would argue in a teacher's day, we have a limited amount of time. We know that. And if you had to pick which one of those was going to be more important for their growth, the pre-planning or, or the reflection, I would argue it's going to be the reflection. So if you if you only had time to pick one of those things and you have teachers that know their stuff but need room to grow, the reflection bit is, is so helpful. And it doesn't always have to be a formal written reflection. Hey, I saw this. How do you think that went today? It could be a quick email. Hey, how do you think that went today? It could be, it. it's something that sometimes is fun to bring up in morning devotions with everybody. Hey, I saw this and this was great. You know, can you tell us a little bit about how you think it went? Now, you never want to do that if it was like awful. Trust me. You don't want to call that out in front of everybody. But just that time to think about it and reflect on it is so, so helpful for them to grow because teachers administrators, we only grow if we want to grow. That's how it is. And if we're not reflecting on our work, if someone else just reflects on it for us, we put our guard up, we get a little defensive and we go, yeah, but you weren't in my room. What do you know? But if it's us asking about it, then it's something that we can do. Well, I think too, Rob, one other thing that we need to discuss when it comes to planning is we've talked about, you can't just pull plans off the shelf and blow the dust off. And the reason is because you don't have the same kids. And Lutheran schools, one of the things that sets us apart is our relational element. And so we have to make sure that we are effectively planning for the students that we have this year. Their needs are going to be different. Their desires are going to be different. Their talents are going to be different. Their level of background knowledge is also going to be different. And so you can use previous lesson plans as maybe a jumping off point or, or a guide to a degree. Uh, but I would encourage every admin who's listening and every teacher who might be listening to say, let's use the kids as the ones to drive how we plan and what we plan. And, and it, it does take time. Now, planning and time management, are there's also a, a correlation there because I've seen teachers that are doing their lesson plans at you know 11 o'clock on Saturday night or after the basketball game or maybe during their, their prep block in the middle of the day. It does take time. And it is something that 
is, is sometimes can be overwhelming, but it is also just a, a very, very important factor of what we do in, in Lutheran schools. So let's, let's add one more thing to lesson planning, even though it takes a lot of time. Um, I would encourage administrators and teachers to look at how have you intentionally faith integrated into your lesson plans? Um, because if we're doing that unit on space, I, we don't want to talk about billions of years ago, as the textbooks tell us, but how can we use Genesis as a resource to teach the standard on the beginning of the world? I mean, there's so many different things that we can be intentional. So if you're a teacher that has planned year over year, maybe you're in year five, maybe 10, maybe 20, and you've got lesson plans in a groove, you're doing really well with that, I would challenge you to say, faith integrate them now. Now take faith standards, Bible verses, and throw those into your lesson plans, because again, that's something that sets us apart from the world around us. Yeah, I would always approach it to teachers this way. If the state for some reason said that you needed to get rid of all religious instruction because you were just following the standards, and they said, let's look at your lesson plans if you're really saying you teach religion and you don't have anything in there, what makes you different? And, and that that is true even for a family visiting on a tour. If they come in and you haven't intentionally thought about how you're going to add that in, they could walk into your room, spend five minutes there, and maybe not hear the religious aspect a single time. Now imagine a family's on a tour and they visit three classrooms and nobody talks about it at all. They hear about it from the tour guide, they hear about it from the principal, but they don't see it in the classroom. And that is, that is so important. They want to be able to see it and you want to be able to do it. And sometimes we convince ourselves that it doesn't fit or we don't have the time. And I would argue that, that that's Satan talking. That's Satan convincing us that we're too busy and it doesn't fit and we shouldn't add it in. But absolutely should add it in. If you're doing a math lesson, it could be as simple as just using Bible imagery. Okay, we're going to talk about what percentage of the animals on the ark were mammals, potentially. Right? <laughs> it doesn't always have to be the the gospel saving message preached and proclaimed to every kid in that moment but it there should be a tie in there at least a little bit that's so important because that is what we do we are not just the public school across the street we are the lutheran school right where you're at that is so so important the one other thing i'll mention with time as principals we want to protect our teachers from lots of things we want to protect them from onerous regulations. We want to protect them from wasting their time. And this is one of those things where we as principals have, we, we like to say that we have thick skin, but really we have thick facades and thin skin, I think a lot of the time, <laughs> right? I, I think we know that. And so if the teacher comes up and like, oh, but it's just so annoying. I think our natural inclination is going to be, well, okay, let's figure out a way to make it easier for you. But your teachers are going to reach whatever your standard is as long as you're consistent with it. If you raise the standard for lesson planning inconsistently, you're going to get a lot of pushback. But if they know that it's there for everybody all the time because there's a reason for it and you mean it and here's why, they'll, they'll reach that. They'll make it to that standard. So don't think that this is one of those things that's easy to lower the bar on because it'll be better for them. Because in the long run, it's not better for anybody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and... And look back to the first person that ever planned, Genesis 3.15. God put a plan in place for our salvation. Look at Jeremiah 29.11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Look at Ephesians, that God has planned works in advance for us to do. All of those things are, are biblical. So, so for us to plan, we're following the, the example of a pretty awesome master planner, right? So um, I encourage people, even though, like I said, this, this whole task can seem daunting, 
for those who do it and for those who uh, monitor and support those who do it, uh, it is a pretty vital task in making sure that our kids are receiving the best possible education that they can receive. So I provide encouragement to say, stay the course, do the work, and let God reap the benefits because he will on through the work that you're doing. I think that's a great place to end it. You want to close us in some prayer, Mike? Let's do it. Heavenly Father, thank you for these wonderful students that you have brought into our care. Um, God, we thank you for each and every one that you have uniquely and specially made, um, that you've gifted in ways that are are unique to them. And, and thank you for the opportunity that Lutheran schools um, worldwide have the opportunity to, to get to know the kids, to get to see how they work. Um, I pray for all of our teachers as they tirelessly give of their time to plan for these kids. Um, we know, God, that, that you have plans for us um, and that you are taking care of, of our needs as we work in your kingdom. So bless those who are feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Bless those who are feeling a little burnt out. Bless those who are struggling um, to, to know that you are beside them. You're with them. They're never alone. Uh, bless those teachers who are teaching this day for all of the kids that they serve. Uh, we ask that you would open their hearts and minds to receive the knowledge that's going to be poured into them. And thank you for all of those who are serving um, in Christian schools worldwide, sharing your love with kids and with their families. God bless all who are, are listening right now and all who serve in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.